The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. Greetings, everyone. How are you? Merry Christmas. Today is Christmas. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, then happy Friday. I hope you all had a great week. And I hope everyone has been able to enjoy this holiday season as much as possible. It's such a unprecedented time. Are we tired of hearing that? But it is. And, you know, I know that we had all hoped that by this time, things would look different. But, you know, I think we have prepared ourselves for this for a long time. And even though we can't celebrate with our friends and family and, you know, the traditions that we all have, hopefully you're still feeling somewhat of the cheer. Today, I don't have a guest. It's just me, myself and I, but I went to the old Instagram and asked y'all to ask me questions. Um, I, I did this the very first episode and it was a lot of fun to be able to, you know, share more about myself. I feel like there's a lot you know about me, but there's also a lot you don't. And so I just think this will be fun. A little more get to know Katie. The questions are, I didn't put them into like subjects. So it might be a little all over the place. And I might jump around and talk about the same thing over and over. Let's just get right into it. So first question, how did you adjust from normal life to Bravo celebrity life? And did you always want to be famous? Ooh, I'm trying to think back because I feel like it was sort of like a slow intro into this life. Gosh, season one premiered in 2013. So that's like over seven years ago. It was, it was a, like I said, like a slow transition. I first kind of started to feel a bit of a change or that, you know, some, you know, that our show was gaining popularity. You know, you'd go somewhere to the gas station or the supermarket and someone would be like, do I, do I know you? Did you, did you go to this school or did you go to that school? And I'd say no. And, you know, there would be that awkward where we're just kind of staring at each other and it'd be like, well, do you watch Bravo? And they're like, oh my God. So that, that was fun. And, you know, slowly from there, the animidity in our life started to leave and people definitely would recognize me in places, but you know, it's such a fun universe, the Bravo universe, the fans and everyone that watches are so invested and they love it so much. And I, and I love that energy. I love how excited everyone gets about each and every episode and how invested they become in our lives. And they just, they'll come and be like, I can't believe someone said this or, you know, tequila Katie definitely lots of tequila Katie out there in the world. Um, but it's fun. And as far as wanting to be famous, I always wanted to be in entertainment with that comes some fame, notoriety. People know you are who you are. Your privacy is, you know, not the same anymore. So as, as much as I knew that came with the territory, I just wanted to perform and entertain. And so I knew that would come with it, but I didn't want to just be famous that makes any sense at all. And also you never know how, you know, you're going to respond to it. 
until it happens. But yeah, I feel like I get a little awkward at times. It's definitely socially awkward. So sometimes I just feel like people expect certain things when they meet you and you don't want to let them down, but also like you got to be who you are. So it's a fun life. I've, I've enjoyed every minute of it. So first a boyfriend or young crushes, were they similar to Tom? I, I definitely think so. I feel like Tom definitely has that look of like that teen heartthrob kind of thing. You know, he's got good hair, cute smile, that boyish charm. I had such a crush on Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And I feel like Tom kind of has that same vibe to him. And I feel like a lot of my boyfriends are the same. I feel like they were all brunette. <laughs> they were all like tall, kind of skinny dudes, really. I never dated like the muscle guy, really. But yeah, I mean, I kind of think I have a type, but also I just like what I like. If I, if I see it and I like it, then that's what I like. That's what I'm into. <laughs> How do you deal with stress and anxiety and any suggestions? Oh, God. I, I try to just stave it off. Like I try to do things daily to keep it from coming on too strong. But sometimes it's really hard. Like sometimes I will catch myself like in a tailspin and it, the hardest thing to do is to pull yourself out of it. And I just think you got to distract yourself. I talk about wanting to do Legos because it's a way for me to do something with my hands. So I feel like I'm getting some like energy out in a weird way, but also able to kind of get a thought process going. I just feel like that's more cathartic and more productive, but I just try to be kind to myself and relax as much as possible. You know, I think investing time in yourself, take a bath, do a little breath work, working out or going for a walk is really truly the best medicine. I use music a lot, putting on a little Sade or a little jazz or just some like chill hop just relaxes the senses a little bit, but it's, and you know, it's a, it's hard, especially right now. So I just think doing something kind for yourself every day can help you kind of stay in a positive frame of mind and not let those anxious feelings or super sad feelings completely overcome you. It's easier said than done. Pay attention to the things that do like spark a good laugh or joy in you, whether it's a movie, sometimes just putting on a movie will put me in a good mood. Jerry Maguire will always make me feel happy. Hopefully that answers your question. Favorite perfume. What a lot of people don't know is I collect perfumes. I am obsessed. I love to smell good. I'll tailor scents to like moods, for instance, if I'm feeling you know, spicy. I might put on, you know, like the, uh, what is it? The Baccarat Rouge 540, I think it is. And that one just is like a, a really sexy scent. If you know what I mean? But I mean, I've got the staples. I got the Dolce & Gabbana light blue. Love that. Uh, Calvin Klein Euphoria, Chanel number no. five. I love Kim Kardashian's perfume. The one that's like in the bottle that's shaped like her body. <laughs> It smells really, really nice. And I love imaginary authors. They have some really, really unique scents. My friend Jesse introduced me to it. And there's one where literally one of the scents is, is tennis balls. And I know that sounds weird as a perfume, but once you put it on and it kind of wears on your skin, it just smells really nice. I like scents that aren't common, you know? And of course you can never go wrong with Tom Ford, but that gets a little pricey, but uh, one day I should just do like a full like perfume collection tour <laughs> and just talk about what I like about them. I 
I'm obsessed love smelling good. I think that's important. I think it's, it's also part of that first impression. Like when someone walks by you and you kind of catch a whiff, I don't know if that sounds weird, but I think it makes a nice impression to smell good. Hold up for a second. I need to interrupt myself. You're doing amazing, Katie. And I love listening to you talk, but I'm sure you won't mind me interrupting to talk about something we love and it's our bed. I spend a lot of time in my bed. I mean, I love sleeping, but I love watching movies, scrolling through my phone, watching some TikToks. I, I, I also get shit done. You know, I do some work from there as well. And sometimes it's so hard to get out of bed, especially now that I've discovered Brooklyn and sheets because I spend so much time and money wasted on trying to find the best quality sheets for a reasonable price. And that's exactly what Brooklinen has to offer. And on top of that, they've got pillows and comforters and bath towels and even loungewear and sleep masks. So you can literally find everything you need to be the most comfortable version of yourself, which is what I strive to do. <laughs> Honestly, um, we've been sleeping on these sheets for a while now and I can't get enough of them. Is there a better feeling when you climb into bed? And you just feel how good sheets feel on your legs and you kind of kick them around a little bit. Is that just me? Anyway, I think the best thing we can do is to do something nice for ourselves to kind of invest in our time. It's self-love, it's self-care. And that is the most important thing, especially right now. And you can get some sheets for yourself or some for your loved ones. It's the best gift ever. And I don't think people realize what a difference it can make in your life and the quality of life when you're sleeping on some good sheets. So I'm going to hook you up with some savings. If you go to brooklinen.com and use code love me, you're going to get 10% off your first order plus free shipping. That's B R O O K L I N E N.com promo code love me for 10% off your first order plus free shipping. I promise you, you're going to fall in love or refall in love with your bed. Okay. Let's get back to Katie. Okay. This is taking a, a different direction, but how do you find confidence in yourself after being cheated on? This, this one is definitely layered because I think it's kind of what your own personal threshold is. Cause obviously trust is in, extremely important in a relationship and cheating will destroy that trust. And so I think you have to look at the situation and the person you're with and who they are. If this is them telling you, like, this is who I am, I'm a cheater, I can't be trusted. You got to know. And I feel like your gut will tell you that often. But I do think, you know, people are human. They make mistakes. They put themselves in compromising positions where they're not going to be able to control themselves, you know, and they, they make themselves available to that kind of thing. And and that's, you know, that's where the problem starts. But knowing your worth too, obviously you'd love to say like, well, if anyone cheats on me, I'm, you know, I deserve better than that. And that that's one thing. And if that's your thing, then go for it. But I think, I think it's all just a case by case situation. And I think as long as you are very adamant and stand your ground and say like, this is not something I am going to allow or tolerate, or let's talk about it. Let's, why did you do this? I think trying to be as compassionate as possible to the person, it, again, it depends on who cheated on you, but I just think it's just communication and also just knowing that, you know, forgiving the person, but also setting those boundaries as well. It's hard. I mean, I just think 
I don't think I'm a confident person because I can get over someone cheating on me. It's not that simple. It took time. It took a lot of time and rebuilding and communication. So it's not fun. <laughs> okay. People tend to look at quarantine as negative. What are some positives of it for you? I always knew I was a homebody. I, I really love hanging out at home. I feel like I can be productive and there's definitely tools and things I, I do for different things I want to accomplish. I mean, obviously if I want to relax, that's really easy. Uh, you know, light. I also use sense in that way too. If I want to relax, you know, on the couch, I just put some nice comfies on, <laughs> turn on a movie or some music, light a nice like vanilla candle or like something that smells like cookies that just makes me feel really calm. But then also I can find a way to be energized as well. And that will be like the lighting I turn on in the room, the music I put on, I'll like light like a eucalyptus scent or something that's a little more like vibrant. I like really feel like making your space work for you and not just a place where you come home to and, you know, unwind, but also in a way to make it feel like you can get things done too. I think that's been a big plus for me and just kind of reconnecting with yourself without the noise and the hustle and bustle and the traffic and the people. <laughs> Sometimes I will, I will avoid having to go anywhere just because I don't feel like dealing with people. I know that sounds mean. I love people, but it's just, I don't know. Does anyone else feel that way? Maybe that's dumb, but I just feel like this time has allowed everyone to slow down a little bit and, you know, learn how to reconnect with people and themselves and, you know, feel really good in your space, no matter what you need to accomplish. How do you keep the flame alive with Tom after all these years? People forget that Tom and I have been together for a decade. That's a, a long time for someone. I know there's people that are married for 30 plus years and that's amazing. And I want to be one of those people, but you know, you got to work at your relationship. They're 100% effortful, not effortless. And so Tom and I, we make a point to spend time together, even though we'll both be at home. So we're like together, we make a point like, Hey, let's cook dinner and watch a movie tonight. Let's, you know, exchange back rubs, like doing something together that we both enjoy. And we have fun doing like singing karaoke one night, going in the hot tub, just, just those little things that we do purposefully to spend time together and not just be in each other's company, but like making it a concentrated effort that this is something we're going to do and spend time. And, you know, it's cute. He'll go to the grocery store and pick out, you know, a wine that we want to drink together and just kind of creating memories and moments. And I think kind of constantly always dating each other, even though we're now married, but you know, dating one another, really, we can't go out to dinner anymore, which is a, a bummer, but we definitely have like at home dates that we really, really like and movies that we'll be excited to watch together or, or a series. So I think just making that effort for one another keeps that flame alive. Biggest lesson you learned from being on a reality show. I think the biggest one is to just be honest with yourself and with everyone else on the show. You know, there's no room for lies. It's going to come out, you know? So the more you can say what you mean and mean what you say and speak from your heart, the better time you're going to have because lying to other people means you're just lying to yourself. And we all have had our fair share of denial and self-victimization, 
But I think that's just part of the learning curve of growing as a person as well is to be able to, you know, point out those things in yourself and catch yourself when you're wanting to blame other people for things that maybe are your own fault. And so I just think, yeah, having to be accountable and own the things that you say and, and do, I, it's been, it's been a massive teaching and, and growing experience for me being on this show because it's taught me how to persevere and how to overcome differences with friends, learn compassion, learn forgiveness. You know, I feel like in a lot of instances with, you know, fights you get into with people, it's very easy just to like remove it from your life and just never talk to that person again. And that's fine. I think, you know, you've got to set healthy boundaries for yourself. And if a certain relationship or person is not bringing value to your life and is just toxic, then absolutely. But I found that working through issues and talking things out has been able to salvage friendships and relationships that I've built for many years. It's, it's sad how we will become so close and, and spend so much time and invest so much in a person for them to just become a stranger. And, you know, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want a bunch of, you know, former friends out there. I want to work at my relationships with people and this show doesn't allow you to run from those things. You got to kind of go through it. I am thankful for that, you know, but also it is difficult sometimes having so much of your life out there and so many things that are intimate and personal to you, you know, like your relationship with your significant other, you know, that's something that is special and, you know, putting it out there for judgment and for people to, you know, make comments or assume certain things about something that is so layered and intricate is it can be hard at times, but that's why I think just being as real and open and honest about everything can also make other people relate. You know, we're not alone in the things that we go through. And so I think seeing examples of, of people who are not perfect or trying to be perfect is a good reminder that we're all just trying to figure it out and, and work on ourselves. How do you get over a breakup with your first love? That has to be the hardest one. I remember my first like breakup of like someone I was in love with and then, you know, my real first relationship and I was devastated. Like I couldn't eat. I couldn't think all I could do was cry. And I just wanted to sit at home but it does get easier. And I think what you have to remind yourself is that not every person you fall in love with that you have a relationship with is going to be the person that you end up with. But that person comes into your life for a reason. Maybe you need to learn something about yourself, about how, you know, you are in relationships. And I think really using those as learning tools makes you a better partner in the future. So as sad as it can be and heartbreaking, you have to look at it as an opportunity to grow as a person that whatever you're going through, that this breakup is making you stronger for the next relationship is shaping you into a better person, a better version of yourself. That was the one thing that got me through. And I, I know it's something that my mom told me is that this is going to make you stronger because this is probably not going to be the last time it happens. And so I think once you know that, that this is kind of, you know, enriching your life, you can take ownership over your life again. You can, you can get back out there. You can take what you learned. Also like pay attention to the things that maybe weren't great about that person. Not everyone you meet is that, that amazing. And so it makes you kind of pay attention to red flags and to not repeat those same things over and over. 
this person said, I just turned 30 and it definitely causes some anxiety. Did you feel this way? No, I was very excited uh, to turn 30. I felt like, you know, in your twenties, it's like, it can be grueling. You know, you're really kind of coming into your own. Those frontal lobes are forming. You're maturing emotionally, you know, real life skills are coming in decision-making and how you present yourself to the world. And, you know, you fail over and over in your twenties. And so I think by the time I turned 30, I felt like I really kind of came into my own and I knew who I was and what I wanted. And I just really felt more like a woman and, you know, was being perceived more as like an adult to most people, but I just, yeah, I really embraced it and it's been really good. I mean, I feel like time has definitely sped up since I turned 30. So that maybe is a little source of anxiety. Cause I just feel like the years have just flown by, like I'm going to be 35 in January and I just, oh, it's, it's crazy, but you just appreciate things more in the relationships you have and just feel more certain about where you're going even if you haven't figured it all out yet, you just feel like, okay, I got this. I know who I am and I'm ready for it. So just embrace it. Feel powerful in your place. This person said, you've always been my fave on VPR. How do you cope with negative imaging? First of all, thank you. That is really sweet of you to say, how do I cope with negative imaging? It's hard. It's hard to, to, be confident and feel, you know, great about yourself when people want to cut down every little thing from how you, you know, deal with your relationship problems to the way you look and God forbid you gain weight. Everyone thinks it's their place to point things out and insult you with things that maybe you can't always help. It's hard to judge a person without having all the, the information as well. I don't fault people for that. You see a lot on the show you see, you know, intimate moments, you see happy moments, you see fights, you see all of that. So you're going to, you're going to form some opinions, but at the end of the day, you have to remember that I'm a whole person as well. Unfortunately, you can, fortunately or unfortunately, you can't see 24 seven of my life, but you know, I just have to remember that again, that these people don't know me and that the only opinions that truly matter are the people that I love and that love me and, and have known me for as long as they have, that can be hard, but you got to take inventory of your life and not get too wrapped up in stuff that you know, isn't the full truth. And that can be really hard to do, but it's a daily process, but you know, I, I got to own everything on along the way as well. You mentioned working at a record label before would you work in the industry again? I would, I don't ever close a door. You know, everything's kind of always on the back burner. Cause that, that is an area of my life and music. I love so much. I mean, hello, my handles music kills Kate. And I so much enjoyed it. I, so I interned at Warner brother records um, before the show started. And that experience is one I'll never forget. And it was just such a great environment to be in because you just, you walk around the office and everyone's just playing music and everyone's so excited. It was never dull. Even when I spent, gosh, I don't even know how many days transcribing lyrics, it was for a band, My Chemical Romance. So I had to listen to the songs and write out 
the lyrics. And if you know that band, Gerard Way can be a little hard to understand at times, but I loved that band so much and I still do. I really enjoyed that. And and I definitely would. I mean, if the right time and opportunity presented itself, I would absolutely work in the industry. But, you know, where I'm at right now, I don't see that happening anytime soon, but never say never. I also feel like it's never too late to start a new career or just to go on an, a new adventure. So many times people think that I, I got to go to college and then out of college, I got to get my job and that's going to be my job until I retire. I mean, if that works for some people, but I think you got to look at it as explore everything you want to do. And that's when you'll really find your passion. So we'll see. We will see. All right. What is one thing you wish you could do again or regret not doing? I think sometimes I'm scared to take chances or scared to do things because I get scared of failing or not doing them perfectly or how I would envision in my head. And so sometimes I do have a hard time just getting out of that feedback loop in my mind and just being a little more fearless. What is the quote they say? You missed hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And I wish I would have chewed my shot a few more times. But, you know, I feel great about where I am. I hate to regret things because I think regretting things means that, you know, you missed out on something. And I think I'm exactly where I need to be. Is that cheesy? <laughs> A little bit. Anyway, someone said, motivate me to wear makeup during this quarantine. Why do you need to wear makeup? If you feel like putting a little rouge on will make your day a little more productive or make you feel good, whatever you need to do to make you feel good, then just do it. I think, you know, simplifying a makeup routine would be good during this time. Maybe just do like a little CC cream or tinted moisturizer, a blush, a little bronzer, and then some mascara and lipstick. Even if you don't do any of that and you just put on lipstick, I know that is like an instant game changer for me. So just start with, you know, doing simple things but don't feel like you need to go through like the whole like routine of it all because this is not necessary, but that's just me. I mean, I've worn makeup so few times and I feel kind of good about it because I feel like, you know, my skin's doing better than it has. And, you know, <laughs> did pasta mean cocaine on the show? I feel like we've addressed this so many of us. I've addressed this so many times. Uh, no, it actually just meant pasta. You know, I think, the conversation that James and, and Lala were having had gotten just so far away from themselves that they were communicating in like riddles basically. But yeah, from what I know that James was meaning it to be about Lala disrespecting Raquel because she had eaten all of Raquel's pasta at Sir one night. And I think that's what the problem that James was having was that he felt like there was, you know, not any respect for his girlfriend. And that was some issues that he was having with Lala. But Sorry to disappoint you. No, it, it really actually just meant pasta. So hopefully once and for all, we've cleared that up. And how do you deal with body positivity? I am trying just for body neutrality. You know, I think just not feeling strong either way about your body. I don't know if that's the right way to explain it, but I feel like just like realizing, okay, this is, this is my body. This is the body I'm in. And it's going to change. It's going to grow. I mean, that's just how it is, but just taking care of it. 
and being healthy first and foremost and not paying attention to the vanity of it too much, but just doing the things that make me feel good. So, I mean, working out does make me feel good. I like to feel strong. I like to feel flexible. I like to feel like my body's not rickety and cracking all the time because that's also something that happens in your thirties that your bones start to go. But I think just reminding yourself that, you know, you're good. If you really want to make a change, then do it, but do it slow and do it healthy and don't do it for anyone else but yourself. Like you have nothing to prove to anyone. If you are taking care of yourself and being kind to yourself, that is all you need to do. I know it can be hard. I've struggled with body image issues for a long time and it's not fun. I understand all of that, but I think you got to just know that like, you're worth it. You're good. You're beautiful. This is the skin that you're in. So you've got to learn to, you know, just love it. There can be things that you don't like or that you want to improve. Like, that's fine. I'm not saying that you just have to like let it all go. But I think just being kind to yourself, the way you speak to yourself and about your body is like, that's a huge thing I've had to work on is to just be nicer to myself. I think a lot of negative things I've heard about my body in the past have like definitely creeped into my psyche and and definitely changed my own image of myself. And that was something I had to really unlearn and just, you know, learn how to be healthy. I want to live a long life. So there's that. This is, (laughs) I just thought this was a funny question, but someone asked, why is your closed captioning always on, on your TV? I don't know. I, I started doing this a long time ago and now I can't watch it any other way. And I know for some people it drives them crazy, but it helps me engage more in what's happening. And honestly, sometimes I feel like I just, I can't even understand what's being said. (laughs) Sometimes it just sounds like gibberish, but I've gotten really good about reading and watching at the same time. So I'm not just reading, but also sometimes I've gotten so accustomed to it and now I can't have it any other way. Sorry. All right. Next holiday destination when we're allowed literally anywhere, maybe somewhere exotic or tropical. I would love to just go spend a month in Europe and go to, you know, Italy and go to Germany and go to, you know, Spain, places I haven't been. I mean, I've missed Paris every single day. So maybe hit that up too. But as much as I love being at home and I'm a homebody, I love traveling. I, I can't get enough of it. What is one aspect of you and Tom not seen on TV? There's a lot of aspects. I mean, you've seen our relationship grow. You've seen us go from, you know, dating to engaged to married. And you also see a lot of fighting. And I feel like it would appear that we just fight all the time and we're just like mean and awful to each other. And the problem is like Tom and I, when we do argue, it gets really ugly. And we've tried to really get a hold of ourselves when we, when we do get angry to not say really mean insulting things to one another but it's been our fighting style for a long time and I'm not saying it's healthy or productive but we know that most of the time we don't mean those things you don't see how actually like strong Tom and I are I don't know if that comes across always I feel like people think that we're both just secretly miserable or or whatever but that's not the case at all we good. There was a lot of questions about fertility and having a kid and I'm fairly comfortable talking about it, but I just feel like since now, you know, Stassi and Lala and Brittany and Sheena um, are all pregnant, everyone thinks that I'm 
like angry about it because I'm not pregnant. And it's like, I don't feel that way. I, I'm so excited for my friends and I'm to just be a part of this journey with them and to see them grow and, you know, they're going to turn into mothers. Like I feel hashtag blessed <laughs> that I, I get to, you know, just be a part of their journey. And Tom and I do want that, but we're still at this age where we kind of just want to like naturally let it happen. You know, it's going to happen for us when it's going to happen for us. But, you know, I just know that I got to take care of my body no baby wants to live in a stressed out body as it is. So I just think that just trying to worry about myself, but you know, I'm really happy for all the girls. I think they're all going to be great mamas. A lot of the questions were about, you know, how I feel about so many people leaving the show. And I've said in the past that it's weird and different to think about a show without them because we've all been on the show together for most of us for, you know, from the beginning or for many, many years. It's sad to think about doing it without them, but obviously they're still going to be in my life and that's not going to change, but that's as much as I'll say about it. Hopefully our show comes back soon. You know, um, it's been again, hard to film in LA. I know other shows are filming, but you know, a lot of our show has happens at the restaurant and the restaurants have been closed or open for a little while, but it's not accommodating to film really, but we'll see. We will see. Be optimistic, everybody. Well, yeah, I had a lot of fun answering these questions. Hopefully you learned something a little bit new and I'm excited for a new year. Hopefully 2021 is very different than this year. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening week after week to this podcast. It's, it's something I'm really having a lot of fun doing and learning to do. It's been a learning process, but I want to thank you all so much for your support. And until the next episode, take care of yourselves and remember to be kind to yourself and one another. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, follow along on social at Music Kills Kate, and tune in next week for an all new episode. 